0: This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnerb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 CHI FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Welcome, welcome again to another amazing, amazing show. Baruch Hashem, Shech Yonah, V'Kimonah, to another <clears throat> Erev Shabbos afternoon, another time to really anticipate and get excited about Coming. Shabbos, Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Tav, Shin Pei and a warm, warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for taking the time to to uh, to be to be with us. I'm often asked and and it's relevant this week, please God, we're going to be able to do it the midst of Kiddish Levana This week we have in the Pasha Kiddish the whole concept of Kirisha Khidish. What's so great, what's so important <coughs> about this mitzvah once a month going out and and so to speak davening to the to the moon. <laughs> Damning to, to Akharish Boko. So this is Gummar, of course, the Salah and Daphne Bayz, Amrav Acha Rabbi Khan Rabbi Akh Rabbi Khanina says, Amrabashi Kala Mavorech Alakish Bizmani, anyone who taka benches. The Chodesh in its correct time. It's as if you're having a one-on-one meeting with the Rabbi himself. How does he know it? Because here it says, introduces the whole Pasha of a Chodesh by saying, and there's another Pasuk that says, you'll have the next week's Pasha. When Klai so to speak, saw the, 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 the Shchina, they were able to point and said, "Zeh, kendi." You know, the 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 light of the of the levana is like a revelation of our baruchu by shiras shari shiras yam after kriyas where they were able to point on him with a thing. And The Gemara carries on. This we know very well. Tanen is very Rabbi Yishmol. If we only manage. To be able to greet the Shechinah one time a month, daya, it would be enough. Because this mitzvah is so important and, and, and so lofty to the point where this one mitzvah is enough to keep all of Kaiso going in our Kaddish Baruch Hu's world. And because of the importance of this mitzvah, says, says Abaya, Hilchach, Gamrinu, Mu'uma. Therefore we have to say it while standing up. And we actually mention this. In the middle of Kirishlavana to remind ourselves about the great, great importance of this, of this bracha. That with this bracha, we are actually standing and, and having a, a, a meeting with, with the, uh, with the Shkina, and therefore we're standing because of the honor of the, uh, of the, uh, of, of, of the Shkina. The, the medrash brings, brings down. It's a Kabbalah. It's a tradition in our hands. That anyone who's Makadish, the Levana, so it's a, uh, it's after, it's a promise, it's only a school that, he will, he will live through that, through that, uh, through that month. The Chidor brings down that if a person says the Pesukim, particularly the pasukh of Tipol Aleim, a of fachan, let our make full on our enemies, all kinds of fear and trepidation. It's a tremendous, tremendous schooler to be saved from any adversary, any enemy, anyone who's trying to 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 get us. If we say it properly in the in the sefer Yisoid Veshoyish Vavoida, he brings uh, if you say t So we say it forwards, and then we say it backwards, right? We say it right, and uh, and if we said he said he said slowly, and with tremendous kavana. Because and 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 when and and the person should should jump up and down when he says this pasuk, right? Because these are tremendous, tremendous tikkunim. They they fix up amazing things in this uh, in in this world. And he doesn't explain, but they do tremendous things in the in the upper in the upper worlds. So Chayim says that uh, young men who are desirous of of finding a a shidduch. So, this saying Kirish Levana, properly and slowly, every single month, will certainly be a, a, a schooler for them to get a shidduch, especially if they say it together with a minion. And his, uh, his allusion to that is, if you take the word, Levana, Lamid, nun hey. so the Rosh Hateva stand for, that, Besula Niseis Liyayim Haravi, Beginning of the first Mishnah in service that the virgins used to get married on Wednesday night. Those four letters, Beis, Nun, Lamed, and Hey are, are the, uh, are the word letters of, of, uh, of, of, the This is just a teeny inkling of some of the things that are written about this tremendous mitzvah, but let's grab it with both hands as a monthly opportunity to really reveal the Shekhinah in our lives and have this opportunity for a one-on-one, uh, uh, kind of Interview with our Kodesh Baruch. This is 101.1 High FM. Soul to soul is the show. We'll be back in a moment with so much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnerb. Only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. Soul to soul. Back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kurdish, Parshers, Boy, Tough, Shin, Pay, base. As we get ready to start another year. Things are sort of getting hot. Schools opening this week. business Most business is not opening. It's going to get back to, so to speak, normal. Whatever normal is in the last five thousand seven hundred eighty-two years, we're not quite sure. But let's talk about about the parsha. And of course, in this week's parsha, we have the three ultimate makas, right? Now, makas number eight, nine, and ten. The makah of arbe, the makah of locust, the makah of darkness, and the final blow of makas makas pochiris. And let's focus for a moment on this first of the three of this triumvirate of Makas brought in this pasha, and that is of course the Makkah of Arbe. Because it's in order to find out what Makkah actually is, we have to travel about into the fourth pasuk of our of our pasha. And in fact, the first two Psukim of our Pasha. Seem like just a general introduction, general headline. Don't even seem to relate at all to to the Makkah. Hashem says, Boya Paro, come to Paro, because I i have hardened his heart, the slave Avadov, and the hearts of his servants, so that I can place all my wonders, all my signs." In, in his midst. Right? As we said last week, it might even indicate that the actual moccas were engraved onto the bodies of the Egyptians. Uleman, and in order to sapper, you'll be able to say over, baozne bin khan to the ears of your children, uben bin khan, your grandchildren, your descendants, esa sheris saulauti How I played around with, how I mocked, how I, I kind of toyed with the Egyptians. This isamgybam and all of my signs that are placed in them. So that you will know that I am Hashem. After this beautiful, beautiful introduction, then Moish and Aaron come to Parama. Yoba and Moish and Aaron come to Parava, and by Yomwala Metam Kayama Hashem so says Hashem, the God of the Hebrews, How long are you going to continue to refuse to, to accede to my requests? Send out my nation so that they can serve me. Because if now, if you refuse to send out my nation, I'm going to bring this plague of of uh, locust into your into your borders. Now, so Moshe and Aaron are warning Paro in the name of Hashem that I'm going to bring tomorrow this plague of locusts, and we know it was the worst plague of locusts ever to happen in Egypt, in the whole world, um, in 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 your borders tomorrow. Now. In all the other makas, we find Hashem transmitting to Moshe, telling Moshe, Moshe, go tell Paro this is going to happen. Moshe, go, to, go tell Paro about and about Sadea and, and about Orov and about Deva, right? And Boron, all these things Hashem told Moshe. And then Moshe went faithfully and repeated the warning to Hashem. We don't find anywhere. That Hashem in the in the pesukim that Hashem transmitted to Moshe and Aaron what the Makkah was going to be. How, in fact, did they even know? In the previous pesukim, we don't find that Moshe and Aaron were told anything about this in, in an explicit, in an explicit kind of way. So, if you look in the Medrash, the Chazal in in Medrash so they. Produce a, a, a illusion, a hint to the Makkah of Arbe in those first couple of sukkim. Cause it says, Ulema'an tisaper ba'oznei in all that you be able to tell over into your children, literally into your children's ears, the man says, Hakadosh Baruch Hu re- revealed to Moshe Abenu what Maka he was going to bring on them. And Moshe wrote in the Torah, in, 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 in a, in a hidden kind of way. Right? Laman to saper be osne So that you'll be able to tell over your children's ears. Zumakas arbe. This is the plague of, of arbe. As it says, olea levneum saperu. You'll tell your children about it. So, how do we know, what is this reference to something that we tell our children about? Oh, that must be about the maka of, 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 of Marda. The the daskain and places bring the same idea in a slightly different, slightly different way. They ask v'im so teimar. They're going to ask a question. Where did Moshe know where the smacker was, and where do we find that our kodesh told him about it? So Yesh answers that Moshe understood from the fact that it says lamantis shaper ba'oznei bincha. Meirshel thought, what makkah would be that it would be such a great story to tell over for all generations? It must be that it must be the makkah of of Arbe, where there's a, a whole story about Arbe in the book of. Of Yahya, it says, to your children, you're going to tell this story. You're going to tell your children, they're going to tell their children. It's going to be spread for all, for all generations. So there's something about this Makkah that, that uh, is going to be very, very, very tellable. And of course, the question, the question is, what is so special, unique about the story of the Makkah of Arbeh, more than any of the other makas that make it so much more transmittable, such a a great storyline. More than any of the other makas, right? That we need a a, a remes of Laman to supper that so will tell it over to to uh, to somehow. Oh, that must be the marker of. I would think there are plenty of other great stories I mean we make a whole song and dance at our Seder table of all the different makas and if anyone who's ever been a a a nursery school or pre grade or even a primary school teacher knows that this is that the ten makas are, are the greatest grist for their meal and they and they and they go they go wild. Producing all kinds of imagery and all kinds of uh, uh, models of what the plagues must have been like, including all you know, the squishy blood and things like that. So, so what's special about the Maka of of Arbe that makes it that makes it so 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 unique? So the radal in, in, uh, on the meidresher says it's possible because the it's normal for small children to play with. Little kind of locusts and, and grasshoppers. In fact, the uh, the Mishnah brings in the end of the ninth parak of 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 Shabbos, right? That uh, that you're allowed to, that you're allowed to uh, 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 sort of put away grasshoppers and hide them away for your children to to play with them. So therefore we see that, uh, it's, it's quite normal. It's something that's very, very much in the lexicon of, of children to speak about maka sa'arbe more than anything, more than anything else. If, if we look in the, in the kriyakar, the kriyakar, uh, uh ex- explains that there's a Ramban, Ramban, a bit, bit later, who brings Rabeno Chanana hanana that he says, until today, I'm not sure if that's true now, but, uh, this Rabban says at least, that until that day, uh, they never ate locust in, in Egypt. And even if someone would import it and bring it into the, uh, borders of Egypt, no one's going to eat it. And that's, he says that's well known to everybody. And that's what it says. <laughs> Speak about all of Hashem's wonders, and even centuries after it happened, no one is prepared to, to, to eat, because there's still that, that terrible, vivid impression of what this Makkah actually, actually was. Because, uh, uh the, the locust was different than any other Makkah, because all the other makas, we have no remembrance at all today of what that Makkah was. Right? And the child doesn't know or the grandchild doesn't know to ask well, what, what was it we don't, we don't have a water turning into blood, but the mak of Arbe the child the grandchild will ask yes it's something they can relate to it's like something they can they can they, they, they see in their own their own lives and they're going to ask about this amazing miracle that uh that uh, 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 uh that you know, the arba came and ate and ate everything and, and not and not the Jews and we're going to tell them. The whole and story of, of Yitzhiya's, of Yitzhak And we'll be able to fulfill this mitzvah of Sikhu, of talking about all of our Shem's, all our Shem's wonders. And it's specifically through the Maka of Arbe that we're going to be able to fulfill this idea of Laman to Saper, of being able to tell, tell, tell over. And says Look, says the Kriyaka, this is a very, very correct correct Bishat there's lots more we want to talk about around this subject but we're going to go to a break for a moment and we'll come back with much much more please please stay with us you're going to miss out on a lot if you don't it's 1.9 High FM salt to soul. we'll be back in a moment this is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Shner only on 101.9 High FM such a pleasure to have you on board. And we are talking about one of our favorite topics, which is locust. Everybody loves locust. And we're wondering about the, the scope of the maka of, of locust in the land of Egypt. How it was that, in fact, we don't seem to see that Hashem even tells Moshe, what the plague was, they come to Pharaoh and they say there's going, going to be a, a a plague of of locusts. But as it's different than all the other plagues, by All the other plagues, we usually find that God gives an instruction, and then transmits that instruction to Pharaoh. Here, there was no instruction from Hakadosh Baruch to Moshe what the plague was going to be. How did Moshe and Aaron even even know? And we've spoken out named the Kli that that uh since in the introduction to the Pasha, Hashem tells Moshe that one of the purposes of the Makasis is that you'll be able to tell over to your children and to your children's children. So Moshe understood that what well, we were talking about something here was something that was going to be a story that was transmittable, that was going to be real, that was going to be a living story even for children for many, many generations. Much, much more difficult to 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 uh, to realize uh, blood or or, or or every wild animal coming to Egypt or or, or or things like that, but arbe locust is something that every child plays with, and and it was miraculous to the extreme. The Ramban writes, quoting Rabbeinu Hananel in his commentary on on the Torah, that from the time that Moshe Rabbeinu Brought the plague of locusts into Egypt until this day, this is Ramban writing, there is no locust ever ate anything in the land of Egypt. And even if there would be a plague of locusts in, in Erzeshon, neighboring, and they would go into the border of Egypt, they will not eat Any of the produce of the land in, of Egypt? Nothing. And that he says until now. I don't know if it's true now, but the Ramban says until his day. And they say that this is well known to everybody. And he says proved by, by the frogs. It says that after they left, so it says Rakhbaya or Tishaana, they remained in the Nile River and therefore the the, uh, the 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 Nile you know, uh frogs are still are still there until today, but by the locusts it says <laughs> not one locust was left in the entire border of of uh, Egypt. And about that it says <laughs> Hashem says no. A uh, uh, locust was ever left in the land of Egypt. That means it will not be, and, and it, it's, it's, it's a divine prediction, and which Kuntarban has has come true. Now, the the saw uh, in in the Sefer Moitesh on on the Haggadah of of Pesach on page thirty two, uh, page three hundred and thirty two hundred and thirty two. So he asks, how come it is? that by the plague of Arbe, it says, the, the locust went up over all of Eretz-Metrayim, and it rested in the entire border of, of, of Egypt. This seemingly seems to be a complete uh, a redundancy, obviously, if it, it covered the entire uh, land of Egypt. So, of course, that, that means it's covered from border to border. It seems to be completely extra. So he brings there as, as, as an answer, see, in the name of uh, Rav Avram Lichtenstein, from, uh, Peranchiz, the safer of the, of the Sefer, the, the author of the safer, Kanfeinisharim, that all the Makkas didn't touch the land of Goshen at all, because Bnei Israel was there. And it was only the Makas of Arba, we discussed last week, uh, uh, the Makas that may have affected some of the Jews who were in Egypt. What Makas was it that affected, or that at least touched, the Jews that were in Goshen? It was only the Makas of Arba that appeared in the land of Goshen. And that was because at that point the Jews were already on their way out, there were a couple of months uh, prior to their exodus from from uh, from Egypt, and in order that there shouldn't be uh, uh, any any they were going to leave, and obviously if they had left, then the Egyptian Egyptians would retake that land, and they would be able to benefit from whatever uh, 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 grain was was planted there. So the Arabic came in and ate everything up so that when the Egyptians got back that area of land after the Jews vacated it, there would be nothing left. And therefore who sent the locusts also to Goshen and ate all the, the the grain and all the fruit so that when the Jew when the when the Jews gave it up and the Egyptians came back in, they wouldn't find anything there to eat. And that's what the posseg means. Egypt, per se, was completely covered. And besides that, even in Eretz that they came to, to, to punish the, the Egyptians. That's, that's, that's what he says. Now, the Be'er the May he learns out from the fact that the posseg says, not even one locust was left in the entire border of Egypt. And it didn't say, uh, just say, it didn't say, uh, it specifically said, that to tell us that only in Mitzrayim did, the, uh, did this tremendous miracle which is quoted in the in the Medrash says the Medrash says that even those locusts that were already in the uh, you know uh, the, the the Egyptians already had pickled and and put away and and uh, and preserved and they were buried there in their in their barrels. So when Hakadosh Baruch Hu sent the west wind that took the the locust away. All of them, they flew and went, went, went. Also, but that was that miracle, and that's what the pasuk is telling us: is that this miracle only took place on the locusts that were within the borders of of Egypt. That to that very, very end of the border, that's where those salted uh, uh, locusts flew to, in order. That uh, the the Egyptians shouldn't be able to benefit from that which Hakadosh Baruch Hu was using as a weapon to punish them. It didn't make sense that they should then be able to eat and enjoy those those delicacies. But the rest of the nations, who let's say all the neighbors around the land of Egypt, and they, if they trapped any locusts and they salted them. Or they cooked them whatever it was uh, they didn't lose their 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 their, their barrels of pickled of pickled arbe. whatever they had preserved remained remained for them why because since the the locust was never brought to punish them they weren't they weren't they weren't the land of Egypt since it wasn 't a a whip to punish them, so there's no reason to withhold from them any 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 benefit, and he says furthermore that uh, there is another purpose. Again, that it should be a a a remembrance for all generations that we. I remember my Zayt told the story. We ate the the locust that that Hashem used to punish the the, the Egyptians, and therefore the the is very specific and says, "Davka call gavul mitzheim. Any Arab that was, uh, uh, contained within the borders of Egypt, flew away. Not even one was left. Right? And, uh, right? Whatever they managed to put in their, in their barrels and things were taken away. But in any city, it might be just across the border, but it wasn't part of Egypt. Those remained and they were able to enjoy, to enjoy those, 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 uh, those locusts so what he's saying is that only the locusts that were actually uh, uh the ones that that were meant to punish the egyptians they 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 flew away but the other places they they remained and therefore perhaps we can say the the uh, uh the locusts that got to the land of of Gretchen, and we said, "Ate up all the tool that was there in order to deprive the Egyptians of having anything to eat when they got the land back so uh the the uh, the problem was though okay, so it destroyed all the all the all the uh, produce that the Egyptians have nothing to eat, but the Jews still had to live there for another two months or three months, whatever it was, and therefore they wouldn't have had the Jews who were living there wouldn't have any grain to eat. Either, so therefore, they, the Jews, went and they trapped the locusts and they salted them and they and they pukled them in, in barrels, right? Uh, and and in order to have something to eat for next months. But in contrast, what happened in Egypt by cloudy so they remained in the barrels and they didn't fly fly away. And until they left Mitzrayim, they were able to. To to eat them, so if if that's so, we now have a whole new insight into what it means liman to when when Hashem says to Moshe, in order you should tell over uh, 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 to, to to your children about the makas arve. We now have a whole understanding because this mark of arve, even after it was over, so it's 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 remained. As something that was absolutely memorable, because uh, uh, from all the time, from even after the Araber left until Yitzias Mitzrayim, the Yidden were able to continue to to eat. And when the when, when the when the asked but Zayda, what did you eat in the time after all the grain was was eaten? Ah, we were able to eat. The grasshoppers that, that azeda, that Hazeta stored up and pickled, and pickled uh, away. And therefore, we'll be able to tell it over and praise that Baruch Hu when we ate the, uh, when we eat the Arbe for the Nisan that Hashem, that Hashem did. When Moshe Abenu davened to Hashem f- about the, the, the Arbe, so it says there, Again, Nisha right? There wasn't left even one in the in the whole all of the land of Shayim. So the Arachayim HaKadosh explains and he says like this Baruch Hu needed to show them with the whole story of the locusts that uh uh the says kiosom alloch of right? That's that uh uh, that Akash Boku was able to use the winds and everything to bring them to Machayim and then to take them to take them away including all of the dead ones he was able to transport out of out of uh, 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 Mishayim now by the maka of Dever of the animal disease and or of the wild animals and by Borod so there it uh it says that the all the animals and 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 the sheep all all died and and Mitzrayim had nothing left to 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 eat and and therefore the the locusts that I call it, who brought on on the uh on on the Mitzrayim. so these were you have to know that these weren't teeny little little Locusts. These were huge. These were, says, these are like the size of, of, of pigeons. They were, they were big things. So what did the, showing, what did these mitchem do? They said, ah, that, uh, you know, uh, what's going to happen if these, all these huge, these huge locusts, they're going to come, they're going to eat up all our, all our wheat. Let's eat all these, uh, all, all these locusts ourselves. And they would grab the, the, the locusts. And they would cut off their heads and, and, and salt them in order that they should be able afterwards to, to, uh, to eat them. Now, when the Makkah was, was, uh, as we said, when the Makkah was finished, so they all left, uh, to show and there wasn't a single one, one, uh, one left. What about, alright, including even those that were in the, in the, uh, in, in, in the barrels. In fact, the Gemara says, even Sheba Arbe, when the Arbe came, Samchu, Hamitzin, Hamitzin were actually very, very happy. They said, "Ah, oh, let's gather together and let's fill up all our barrels." Says Ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu, you're the Maka that I'm going to bring upon you—that's what you're so happy about." Straight away, by Afaych Hashem Ruach Yam, Hashem brought a very, very strong west wind and put them, put them all. And, and, and chuck them all, all out, every single, single one. It's a, the whole thing is a pellet, right? The Egyptians thought to gather the, the, the grasshoppers and, and to, and to make a, make a, 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 a whole party out of out of, out of them and eat as much as they wanted. They gathered them and they 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 spiced them and salted them and baked them and and put them in 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 their barrels and their pots and in their in their you know their uh, silos in order they should be able to eat them. And suddenly, right came this one big huge uh, a westerly wind that went into their houses and sucked out everything that was in the barrel everything that was in the pots everything that was in the storehouses all of it and 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 took it and 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 took it took it uh, away it, it's a it's it's a miracle that, that defies all all any kind of any kind of a imagination and they were all in one second they were, they were gone so the reality is that the the purpose of the arbe was not only to punish the the Egyptians, but to teach, Kaisel to teach the Jewish nation a very very strong lesson about the concept of tchiasamason, and it's specifically from the Makkah of the of the of locusts that Kaisel learned about tchiasamason because those locusts we know were. Were a, a, a shame Shabbos, we'll see, and someone who keeps Shabbos, we know, is roy to get up by tzchias triesa But someone who, unfortunately, is a russia, is not going to get up for tzchias So the arbe taught Kaiso about tzchias Why? Because. The Abe, we know, came just before the Makkah of the darkness. Makkah of the darkness, we know, is, was going to be a time where many Yidden, unfortunately, all the Yidden who didn't want to go out of Eretz Israel, died during that time, as, as it says, Bachamushim only one fifth Right, the word chamushim. Rashi brings one opinion that chamushim means one out of five. No, it's only twenty percent of all of klaisol went out of mitzrayim, while in fact eighty percent died in mitzrayim during the Makov of chayshim. And if you make a if you make a simple calculation, if we talk about six hundred thousand males between the age of twenty and sixty, that means. Four times that amount. That was 2.4 million Yidin died during the Maka of Hoshis. And that, That's a, a tragedy of, of, of huge, huge proportions. And the whole, we you know, the whole marker was only six days, six days long. And in such a short time, such a huge amount, millions of people died. In fact, to other uh, opinions. One says that one chamushim doesn't mean one fifth but one fiftieth, and therefore six hundred thousand times forty nine, which is twenty nine million four hundred thousand people died. Or one says that Khamushim means one five hundredth. And according to that opinion, six hundred thousand times four hundred ninety nine died, which is two hundred and ninety nine billion four right, two hundred and ninety nine uh uh Million four hundred thousand people died. And there's even a bigger, bigger, bigger numbers than, 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 than that. And even to think about these, these numbers, we're talking about, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, millions of people dying and had to be buried in that short, in that short time. And therefore, the Maka came before that to teach us about Tachiasa Mason that Claioso shouldn't get upset. Abak makas when they see such a huge amount of of dying because we have to know that as Hashem they will all will all rise up rise up also. There's even more to say, but our time is up. I think you just get an idea of what what is going on in this huge scope of the miracle, the huge scope of what was what he was accomplishing in 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 time. This is one one point nine FM soul to soul. We'll be back in a moment, with our Halacha segment. This is Hilchos Shabbos, with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul back on your radio, Shabbos, Kedish, Pashas, Boy, Tough Shin, Pei thank you so much, for taking the time, to join us, as we prepare, for another, wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, here in Johannesburg, for those of you, who are still, on holiday, and, Enjoying the last few days of that, well, soak it up and enjoy the sunshine, wherever you might be. Hopefully you're having sunshine and not the kind of rainy weather that we've experienced to a certain extent here in Johannesburg. But it's so wonderful having you all with us. And as we always do at this point at the program, to just give you the important Johannesburg times that you need for this coming Shabbos. So this afternoon, the earliest time for lighting candles is at 5.39. 5.39 is the Plaga Minchez, the earliest time to light your candles and get the Shabbos started. I say certainly if you're not going to be going to shul, this is the way to go. As soon as you can get the candles, let's start the davening and let's soak up as much of the Shabbos atmosphere as we possibly, possibly can. The latest time for lighting Shabbos licht this week is over an hour Later, six forty-seven is the very latest time for benching. Benching lift. Many communities, as we know, take on the standard Johannesburg summertime for accepting Shabbos, which is quarter past, quarter past six. And obviously, uh, once your community has already accepted Shabbos, then you need to join in with them and accept Shabbos as the same time as them. But the latest time, six forty-seven sunset. Is at 7.04. That's pretty late. In fact, that's about as, almost as late as, as it's going to, as it's going to, uh, to get as we get to the apex of, of, uh, of summer. Uh, therefore if you want to Davin Myrov and not have to repeat the Shema later, you'll wait till about 7.22 and then you can Davin Myrov say the Shema. And then, as always, you have the beautiful, beautiful rest of the night to sit down with your family and enjoy your beautiful, beautiful Shabbos meal with some Debre Torah, with some Zemiros, with, with some family time, with some recounting of the events of, of the week. Make it beautiful, make it something sacred and, and wonderful that all your family members cherish being, being part of. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Boy. We actually read about the, the Exodus from Yitzhak and the last three Plagues as we discussed before, and the the uh, exodus from from uh, from Egypt and all the allochas around the Koran Pesach, and we talk about trillin and the haftarah is of course the standard haftarah for the uh for Shabbos Pashas Pashas aboy and then it's a beautiful, beautiful, long Shabbos, the longest Shabbos of the year. It uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at seven thirty-nine, which is the latest time that Shabbos ends during during the year. So really, really enjoy it. You only have one this Shabbos and next Shabbos, and then it already starts to get earlier, and we come crashing down towards towards uh winter. Sometimes, if I say that, people say, "Well, how could it possibly be winter?" But with the kind of December we've had here in in uh, Johannesburg, well. It hasn't been Baruch Hashem that hot, and therefore, yeah, might not be such a such a, a change. Anyway, we are talking about the laws of Shabbos. We're talking about the davening of of Shabbos, the the for Shabbos. So we know that the Shema Esrei that we say on a Shabbos includes in its seven different brachas, the first three brachas. Which are the same as every other Shmon Esrei of the week, and the last three brachas are also the same as every other other week. First three, of course, being the brachas of, of Magen Avram, Machay uh, Amesim, and and Kedusha, and the last three being Rutei and Modim and Simshon. Those remain constant. And what's special, what's what's unique, is of course the middle. Brucha, that usually during the week we say a whole plethora of, uh, of, uh, of, of brachas, thirteen different, thirteen different brachas, but on Shabbos we say one special bracha about the, the holiness of, uh, of Shabbos, and, and we ask Hashem that Hashem should desire and want our menucha, our cessation from malacha, and you should Kachena mitzvachy should sanctify us with his with his uh, uh, mitzvahs, and we end off baruchat to shabas. shabbos. Right, Hashem who himself sanctifies the the, uh, the 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 shabbos. Now, the beginning of that middle bracha, so Chazal have set up a unique text. For each one of the four tfillas of Shabbos has its own beginning. Friday night starts with the words Atah Kidashta. Uh, Shachris on Shabbos morning begins with the words Yismach Moishe. Uh, Mincha starts with the words Atah Echad. Right, and those are the three standard tfillas. We'll talk about Musaf in a minute. Now, if someone made a mistake and swapped. Those brachas, let's say, for example, uh, Friday night, you know, you were already thinking about the chicken soup and the, and, 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 and the, and, you know, and the, and the dessert and you weren't really focused 100% on your shaman essay. And instead of saying ata kidashta, you started saying ata echad. So you said, let's say the mincha essay. So the halach is you have fulfilled your obligation because the, the primary text of the bracha is the same for all. That last, that last paragraph of Elokeinu, the or Tsevin Buchasenu, that is standard in all three of the Sheman and therefore even if I didn't get the, the first sort of paragraph or two correct, I've done what I have to do, and that's what the Shulchan says, and the Mishnah brings down also. However, if uh, as far as the strict halach is concerned, if it was possible, that on Shabbos, one should say, uh, uh, really, one should actually have said, all the brachas, that one says, during the week. Right? There's no real reason, why we shouldn't say, all 13 brachas, as a standard text, like we do, during during the week. Uh, it's Shabbos, so in the same way, as on Rosh Chodesh, or, or, or Cholomoyed, so we add something, we add a Yalava to indicate that there's something special about that, that day. So really, on Shabbos, we should have actually said the normal weekday Shemon Eshleh and then added a, a special bracha in honor of, uh, of Shabbos. But, I'll say that in honor of Shabbos, the, the didn't want to impose upon us and to extend the Tvila unnecessary, that's the Gemoran Brochus says, and therefore they cut it down and shortened it and just have the one special brocha about about Shabbos. Also, it's not so appropriate on Shabbos to be asking for very temporal kind of uh kind of requests which could cause a person uh, uh discomfiture or pain. Person who never is struggling to make upon us, but that's a painful thing. It's not going to be a happy, a happy thing. Person who needs tshuva, whatever, whatever it might, whatever it might be. So we don't really want to make requests on Shabbos because that might stare that might, uh, uh, impede a person from feeling the kind of tranquility, the kind of happiness, the kind of sublimity that he needs and wants to feel on a, on a Shabbos. Therefore, Our our chachamim instituted that instead of the thirteen middle brachas, we just say one bracha. But if, however, a person made a mistake and began to say the brachas of weekday, which I don't know, you know, you're all sitting at home, so you can smile to yourself and say, "Has it ever happened to me? What kind of my brain is somewhere else, and I just kind of play, press play." On the Shmone Esrei button and it starts to, and it starts to, uh, roll and you don't know where when your mind comes back, where you suddenly find yourself. It's, it's, uh, amazing the number of, of, of people who have heartache on, on, on Friday night and suddenly the Dangeshwan Esrei, and suddenly they get, without even realizing it, they get the Slach Lanu and they start pounding their chest and then they suddenly become conscious. Hey, I shouldn't be doing that. So they kind of just massage themselves, or whatever it is. Hope no one's looking. Hope no one else noticed what they were what they were uh, 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 doing. So, if a person does make a mistake and starts the brachas of the weekday, and he remembers in the middle of any one of the brachas, does not make a difference which one he remembers in the middle of. That today is Shabbos. The halakha is he finishes that. Bracha, and only then he switches back to the correct, to the correct text for the, for the, uh, for that particular, for that particular, uh, uh Shabbos. Anyway, we'll finish this segment in a moment. We're gonna go and take a break. This is 1-1.9, Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Shnerv, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Salt to Salt, back on your radio for the last time this week, Tosh's to boy here, Shabbos Kedesh, in 5782. It's so great that you took the time to join us. We're talking about Shmon and the last thing we said was if a person made a mistake, and instead of saying one of the proper Shmon or Shabbos, he began the normal weekday Shmon so wherever he catches himself, doesn't make a difference which bracha he's in the middle of, he finishes that bracha and then goes on and swaps into the correct text for Shabbos. The reason being is because since really, as we said, you should have actually davened the full weekday, I say all those 13 middle brachas. So once you started saying the bracha, it is correct that you actually should, should finish. Finish it. If a person made a mistake and didn't say Shabbos at all, he just kinda of went all the way from Atta to Shemet Fila without actually realizing that it was Shabbos So as long as he hasn't yet taken his three steps back or said Yularotsan on the end of the Shun essay, you can go and go back to the beginning of Bracha number four, no, and other Bracha that should have been his Shabbos Shman essay. And carry on from there until the end of the davening. If you already finished the entire uh, uh, tefillah, then you would have to go back and repeat the entire davening from from the from the beginning. Because on Shabbos you do have to say something about about Shabbos. The s- additional tefillah that Chazal fixed on Shabbos, which is Musaf. Which of course was instituted to correspond to the special karbonus that were brought in the base of Hamikdash on Shabbos. So again, the standard text is the same. First three brachas, last three brachas are absolutely normal, like every other shmonese. And in the middle, they instituted a special bracha about the karbonus of Musaf and the kedusha of of uh, of, of Shabbos. Now, by Musaf, since during weekday, you wouldn't say a Musaf at all. So therefore, on Musaf, if one starts instead of saying the correct text, one says some one of the week. Uh, says a weekday Shemayin Shemayin Esrei. So there, the moment one catches oneself that you're in the wrong, you're saying the wrong thing, you stop and and move back to. To counter Shabbos to the correct text for Shabbos Musaf, and that is because, as I say, uh, the other Shemoneh essays, you would otherwise be saying the normal weekday Shemoneh Esreh, and therefore it's okay if you said it. But since you would never be saying a Musaf at all during during uh, during a weekday, therefore it's out of bounds to be saying it, and therefore we skip straight to the correct Shemoneh Esreh for for Musaf. Our time is about out for this this week. And I really, really just want to show my, express my appreciation to all of you for making the time and listening even to some of it to, to, to the show. We said some really, really great things this week. We spoke a little bit at the beginning about Kiddush Lavana. We spoke about the Maka of Arbe, of Locust and, and what it taught the Egyptians and what it teaches us and now we're speaking about the one Esrei. Lots of lots of good together. Just enough time to wish you all a beautiful, beautiful, warm, and inspiring Shabbos. Spend time together with the family. Spend time together with our Kodesh Baruch Hu. Davin, learn, be uplifted, and get, you, get your energy that you need for the coming Shabbos. To each and every one of our radio family, a beautiful and warm good Shabbos.